0: Please turn your Bibles to First John chapter one. We're going to move on to verse eight today. Here's a whole another verse, and um, we're now coming to the second claim. Remember again, these claims are being made by carnal Christians. These are not unbelievers, and that's the reason why the Apostle John continually um, includes himself in what he says. And he says here in First John one eight, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Now, on the surface, it may seem fairly simple. But there are some truths in this that are tremendous. And if we understand what is being said here, it will help us guard against sin in our life. Are we interested? Amen. Well, I am. Okay. (laughs) All right. This is actually something that is quite common uh, with both Christians and non-Christians. You know, a lot of people talk about, well, yeah, they're in, you know, that that river in of the... denial. No, never mind. Okay. There's a lot of people that are just in denial about about sin and about the wrong things. Some got it, okay. About the wrong things that they do. And uh, it's important that we we're not like that. Amen. We really need to be honest. And, you know, sometimes you, even if it means that, you know, you are saying sorry for a sin that maybe some somebody else uh, instigated. Uh, you know, and it's interesting how some people will antagonize the situation. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And then, you know, you react. And then you're the bad guy. Who knows what I'm talking about? And, and you need to recognize those things. And even when you do, it is still important that you... Um, ask for forgiveness, that you seek out that forgiveness, that you acknowledge, let me re-say that, it is important that you acknowledge that there is a sin there. It doesn't matter if they started it, that you got involved in it matters. It matters that you acknowledge it, and it matters that you get rid of it. Are you all with me? All right. Colin G. Cruz explains that the expression, to have sin... Okay, from we have no sin when they say that, is found only this time in 1 John, but it actually occurs four times in the fourth gospel. And in each case, it means to be guilty of sins. Do you understand that? Okay? So to get an idea of what, what that means, we'll look at a couple of references very briefly in the gospel of John, uh, in, beginning in John chapter 9 and verse 41. I just want you to see how this was used, okay? so that we can then identify it and then and talk about it. In John 9.41, Jesus is talking about the Pharisees here. He's talking to them, excuse me. All right. He says, if you were blind, you would have no sin. Now, notice the phrase, have no sin. That's the same as if we say that we have no sin. Are you getting this? Okay, that's, that's a parallel. All right. Uh, it's, uh, he says, but now you say... We see, therefore, your sins remain. So in other words, and I don't want to go into this because I'm not talking about this passage of scripture. But the thing is, once you identify a sin, if you say, yeah, I know I'm doing that, but I'm not sinning. Now you're sinning. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, this was to do with their accusations against Jesus. Uh, because at, you know, at one time he says, which of my good works are you criticizing me for? And it's a funny thing. See, the thing is, Jesus didn't just say stuff. He did stuff. You know, it's one thing to, be, to carry on and say all kinds of, make all kinds of grand remarks. But where is the proof? Okay? Jesus proved himself. He, I mean, he healed the sick, raised the dead. He walked on water. He proved that he was the Son of God. Amen? And in all of that, they ignored all of that. And they said, oh, well, you're healing on the wrong day. And you're saying stuff that, that's, that's blasphemous. When he proved over and over again who he was. Now, I, I, I'm remembering we're doing the life of Jesus and I'm remembering the situation with uh, the paralytic that was lowered from the ceiling. You know, they, they pulled all the tiles off the, the roof and lowered this guy down. I'm under faith that guy must have had don't drop me you know <laughs> okay because <laughs> i have no way of helping <laughs> okay anyway but you know it was really interesting in that incident that he says so that you know that the son of man has power to forgive sins and he didn't say the son of god and there's a whole another sermon in that but he says your sins are forgiven the pharisees said only god can forgive sins i'm sure the pharisees said he's backed himself into a corner Because they had never healed anybody. Amen. And so when he he turned around then and said, arise, take up your bed and walk. And this guy actually arose, took up his bed and walked. There was nothing to say. So he proved who he was by what he did. Which is again the reason why Jesus said, for which works do you condemn me? And they said, oh, no, no, we, we're not talking about the works. Isn't that interesting? Now they bypass it. When first of all, everything was based on the work. If you say this, well, then prove it. He proves and he goes, oh, we don't want to know about that. Isn't that amazing? Can I just say something about witnessing? <laughs> if people don't want to listen to you and you're thinking, oh, God, if only a miracle would have happened. If they don't want to listen to you, they won't listen to you. They won't see do you hear? Yeah. Okay. And besides that, you also need to understand, you know, that you're not alone whenever you're witnessing. Do you know that that God is there speaking to people? Anyway, all right, moving on. That was the matter I was preaching today. <laughs> that was a lecture on the house. All right, let's <laughs> one, more, one more scripture, just so we understand what this phrase actually means. In John chapter fifteen. Let's look at verses 22 through 24. This phrase is actually used twice there. Jesus is speaking here and he said, if I had not come and spoken to them... Now, he's talking about the world and also all the people influenced by the world. Okay? Which included the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all the religious leaders. Are you all with me? Okay? And he says, if, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would have, have no sin. See that phrase? Which is the same phrase in 1 John one eight, which means... Not guilty of sin. So they, if they didn't, if he hadn't spoken to them, they wouldn't be guilty of sin. See, if you don't know, then you can't be held responsible for what you don't know. Can I get an amen on that? Okay. He says, but now they have no excuse for their sin. And he says, he who hates me, uh, hates my father also. Remember again, the Jews really hated him. Okay. If I had not uh, done among them the works, which no one else did, notice, he said, I did things nobody else did. They would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. So he's saying, look, they are without excuse. All right? Had they not seen anything, had, had I not said anything, they could go on their way. They're still sinning, but to a lesser degree. Which means that those people that on purpose manipulate situations. You know, some people play games. And they cause you to do something wrong. Who is greater? Whose sin is greater? The one that started it. Even though you might be the one that gets caught up in it. The one that manipulated the situation. So understand that. Because you know how you sometimes feel like people are getting away with things? That you're always left kind of to you know take the blame for what happened? Am I just talking to myself or is people understand what I'm saying? Yeah? Okay? And you just think, God, I wish I was smarter and you know... Rrr! Listen, God sees, God judges. And that's the reason why sometimes we don't want to admit our sin, because they started it. You know, you know they all say, okay, <laughs> all right? It doesn't matter, you end it. And it needs to end with you, in you, because that, that opens the door for God to continue blessing you again. And I don't want anything to get in, that way, in the way of that, Do you? Amen. All right, moving on. <clears throat> so, from this, I hope, I hope you get a better understanding of what John meant when he said, now, if we say we have no sin, do you get this now? Okay, let's move on. In other words, the claim being made here is, listen now, that we are not guilty of committing any actual sins at all. That's what they're saying. Now, can you see a problem with this? As to where this thinking originated from, Simon J. Kistemacher writes, In the days of the Apostle John, Greek philosophers uh, taught a separation between body and spirit. The spirit is free, free," they said, but the body is matter or material substance that eventually dies. That is, if the body sinned, the spirit would be blameless. Therefore, sin cannot affect the spirit. Do you all understand all that? Was that too much? Do Do you get that? Oh, awesome. Okay, moving on. But we know from Ecclesiastes 7.20, it says there there is not a just man on the earth who does only good and does not sin. Okay, No matter how much good you do and how long that lasts for, somewhere you'll trip. It may not be in word or deed, it might just be in thought. But you'll trip. (laughs) Okay, And you need to understand that what's important isn't that you tripped. What's important is that you acknowledged it. And got rid of it. Do you hear what I'm saying? Okay. Because sometimes, you know, people just it it falls under a self righteousness where people sort of say, Well, I'm I'm never going to sin again and you know, they get proud in their in what they think their ability not to sin. And so if they did anything wrong, they won't admit it because that's to admit that they sinned and they, they messed up and they can't admit that. Because they don't want to mess up their perfect record. Hey, The way you do that is by confessing your sin. And understanding when you confess your sin, your record is wiped clean. And God sees you as perfect. So that the very next thing you do is the very first thing again. That's how you do it. Amen? And that you can offer to other people. Your self-righteousness doesn't do anything to help others. But if you can tell them, listen man, we all fall. But there's always forgiveness. Amen? Amen. Alright, moving on. So in other words, even the most just person, whether male or female, is not without sin. And why the Apostle Paul says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So to say that we have no sin, that's what verse 8 says, is in itself a sin. Did you get it? (laughs) Okay? So if you say, Well, I've never sinned. You just did. Okay, alright, moving on. That's why even Jesus, when he was teaching people to pray, he said in Luke eleven four, and forgive us our sins. Because he said, Teach us how to pray, and he says, This is one of the things you need to include in your prayer. Did Jesus sin? He never did. He was perfect, which is what is extraordinary. If he wasn't, then he would have died for his own sin. But He had to die for our sin. So, because a perfect man gave it all up, a perfect man had to pay the price. That was the dilemma. There were no more perfect people. How do, we do How do we get around that? God found a way. Amen? Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So it is of utmost importance that we always be honest with ourselves and God and understand that while we do everything possible to stay away from sin... And anything that might lead us to sin. Hello. <laughs> okay. Do y'all get that? All right. Okay. You know, <laughs> some people, well, I couldn't help it. Could you help being there? Maybe. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, okay. All right. <laughs> we, we, still, we will still make mistakes throughout our lives <clears throat> and need to pray according to Luke 11.4. And say, Father, forgive me of my sin in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you get that? Alright, that's how you do it. That, and that's how long it takes. You know, what, you know what generally takes a really long time? All the excuses that come before that. Then you say, yeah, well, I had a, had a right to it, blah, 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 blah. And once you finish bouncing off the walls, it still comes down to, Father, forgive me. And once you do that, the slate is white clean. And if you ever bring that up again, he'll go. What are you talking about? Because the Bible says he doesn't only forgive; he forgets. Amen, amen, hallelujah. All right. Okay, let's return to First John one eight. Notice that the Apostle John says there again. He says if we have we uh, if we say sorry, if we say that we have no sin, notice the next thing he says is we deceive ourselves. Now, in his commentary, Simon J. Kistemaker writes: Anyone who has no need To pray the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer. That was what we looked at okay in Luke 11.4. Forgive us our sins. Because he thinks that he has no sin. Deceives himself. Amen. It's a deception. Added to this, I. Howard Marshall says, They claim to have fellowship with God. But because of the incompatibility between the character of God as light. Now do you understand why John took so much time about talking about fellowship and light? All Alright and their own character as men living in the dark they were self deceived so in other words he's tr- he's trying to tell us that you need to understand which is why he talked about that first which is why we dealt with that in so much detail first you can't take your darkness into the light and the light gets a little bit less light bright All right. it doesn't man when you go in there, the light will come in and take care of any of the darkness. So if you want to hold on to darkness, the only way you can do that is not go into the light. Do you get what I'm saying? Okay. So returning to 1 John 1, eight, the Apostle John goes on to conclude the verse by saying there, again, that if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Listen now. And the truth is not in us. The truth is not in us. Now, he says, all of this tells us that. Okay? If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, but it's telling everybody else something. It's showing them that the truth is not in us. What is that truth? Let's have a look. The first and most obvious meaning of truth is as opposed to a lie. John, you know what I'm saying? Okay, the truth as opposed to a lie. Okay. Or a deception. Do you know if you deceive somebody, you're lying? Okay. (laughs) And why the Apostle John talks about deceiving ourselves. Now, the second and perhaps a not so obvious meaning is the truth in reference to the Word of God. And that's brought out in what Jesus says in John 17, 17, when He prays for His disciples and says there, Sanctify them by, uh, by your truth. Your Word is truth. Did you get that? All right. So... When we consider the truth as being God's own word, then the phrase, the truth is not in us, takes on a whole new meaning. Are you beginning to see this now? Okay. Primarily, it lets us know that a lack of God's word in our hearts and our minds will often render us defenseless and susceptible to sin. And that's why the psalmist says in Psalm 119 and verse 13, Your word I have hidden in my heart, or hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. This is one of the defenses that you have against sin. Is the word of God in your heart. Did you get that? Now let's talk about this because. This is, this is at the heart so to speak of what we're talking about today. Alright. <clears throat> if we don't put the word into our heart. Then when we run up against a problem. Whatever it is whether you know it is. Something that we ran into ourselves, you know, because we did the wrong thing. Or whether somebody led us into something. Okay? Do you understand? Okay, manipulative decision, whatever it is. If we don't have the word in our heart, it's going to show up in the way we react. And can I just say this? Don't hit yourself over the head. If that ever happens, just be aware that, okay, I need a little bit more word of God. Not, oh my God, I'm a sinner and I'll look at what I've become now and yada yada. It, dude, dude, that just tells you that your gas tank is kind of empty. <laughs> Fill it up. Get back in the Word. Are you with me? Okay, because notice he says, your word have hidden my heart that I might not sin against you. Notice he didn't say that I will not sin against you. He said might not. It's still your choice. You can have all the word in the world and still go ahead and do something dumb. I'll put my hand up on that one. <laughs> okay, all right. Some days you know. Some days, you, you know, the Word of God comes up in your heart. And it says, don't do that. You know, it's a sin. You go, yeah, but I want to. I'll repent later. You know, it's one of those shoot now and repent later. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> and even that, okay, God will forgive you for. It's just, can I just say this? If ever you go ahead and do something, now you have a mess to clean up. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's almost like you get a warning, don't move your hand in that direction. You are about to hit a glass. And you think, yeah, but I want to move it in that direction. So you move it and you hit the glass and it falls and it breaks. And all the milk or whatever was in it went all over the floor. Now you have to clean it all up. You could have just said no. But you wanted to. Now here's the mess. Are you forgiven? Yes, but you still have a mess to clean up. Get it? Okay. Alright. Never underestimate the power of the revealed word in your heart. Now, this is very important. It's not just the word in your heart, it's the revealed word in your heart. You need to have a revelation of God's word regarding whatever situation that you are dealing with and the word that you have chosen to deal with it with. Did you get all that? I think that was the right sentence. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) for example, let's take this verse, okay? It says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So you say, okay, God, I know that I need your word in my heart so I don't do the wrong thing. Okay, so I might pick, you know, maybe I think it's Ephesians 4.32 that says be kind one to another, you know, tender hearted and so on and so forth. So you start meditating on that because, you know, you, you tend to fly off the handle every two seconds. Oh, good. That was the right one. All right. <laughs> See, I know my scriptures. Thank God. All right, so <laughs> All right. So let's say you're meditating on this verse. Because you kind of, you know, you just you have problems. And you don't want, no longer want to blame it on your dad or your mom or whoever had a bad temper before you. You know, we like to do that too. Well, I'm just like my dad. I can't help it. Well, you can. Unless he's holding a gun to your head. Okay. You can be... The person you want to be. Alright? Regardless of what genes might be floating around in there. It still comes up to you. How do you want to be? And it's a decision you need to make, family, alright? So, let's say you're going, that's it, man, I'm, I'm done with this. You know, I don't want to get, get in the way of my blessings. And so, I'm going to start meditating on this scripture. So, you start meditating on this. You know, being kind to one, one to another and tender-hearted and so on and forgiving one another and all that stuff. And so, you, you're just meditating. You're just going over it. And you, you just suddenly get this revelation. You go, wow. You know, it's a good thing to be kind to people. They react a lot better. And you actually enjoy your time with them. And you're not walking off having to repent over a hundred different things. This stuff's like, you know, this is actually a good thing. You know, and then you meet that one person. That's just looking at them. You just want to do bad things. Yeah, you no, know, okay, all right, you? everybody has one of those. Okay. <laughs> and then this verse comes up. And it says, be kind one to another go." And you say, no, not to this guy. <laughs> Do you know what this person... And we begin. You know what I'm trying to say? So, it depends on how powerful that is in you. Can I just say, don't stop until you get over that hump. Once you can see that person, whoever that person might be, all right, and look at them and be able to apply that verse... Even in the midst of them making snide remarks and continuing to carry on like they always do around you. You know, it's one of those kind of people, they look at your face and they want to keep pushing it in. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay. And they just want to do everything to upset you. Can I say this? All of this is given so that we can live a happy life and not carry all of them around with us wherever we go. Because whenever you get entangled... Remember, we talked about quantum entanglement. Whenever you, it's it's a thing, okay? It's a scientific thing. God, everything that God tells us to do has science behind it. Isn't that interesting? Okay, we're only discovering it now. Whenever you, whenever you get in, you know, uh, into into something with someone, can I just say that in a very general sense? All right. You get entangled with them, and it's a funny thing. Even after you walk away from them, they're still in your head. Distancing yourself from them does absolutely nothing. If you have a situation like this in your life, and you know this person is screaming in your head, you need to do something on purpose. You need to see that person and you need to say, I forgive them. I forgive them and I also forgive myself for reacting to them. And every time it comes up, you do that. You say, no, I have forgiven them. And I have forgiven myself. Because you know, you hate yourself. For sometimes how, you know, they just get you. And they just, you know, tip you on your head. And, and, and you just, everything that you learn just goes out the window. And you, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? And you just, you know, that just, just can rile you. So you need to do both things. You need to forgive them and forgive yourself for how you reacted. Every time it comes up, say, no, I have forgiven. And it's under the blood. And... If we acknowledge our sin, we're going to look at that next verse, okay? Next time. He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. So you need to say, I have been forgiven and cleansed. So why am I carrying this around? And so every time it comes up, and I will guarantee you it will come up more than once. Can I get a witness? (laughs) Okay. It will come up over and over again. And you have to continually say, that is under the blood. That is under the blood. Otherwise, you go over conversations in your head constantly. The only words that need to be in there isn't all the things that went on, but it is under the blood. They have been forgiven. I have forgiven them. I have forgiven myself. That's it. I'm letting go. And then whatever trap the enemy sets for you, you keep pulling it apart every time and one day it just won't be there. I'm not saying it's easy, but you will get rid of it. You know, I really feel for those people that are carrying things like that around with them. that's not just from one place, but 30, 40, 50 different places. That's all their mind is full of. And then you wonder, how come, you know, why they're so grumpy all the time. And why they're upset all the time. Do you understand? That is a person that is carrying a lot of stuff that haven't, hasn't been let go And you can't live like that, man. It will destroy you. Okay, amen. All right, I want you to notice also in this verse, it's very interesting. Notice it says that I might not sin against you. Who's the you? It's God. Here's the next revelation every sin that we commit ultimately is a sin against God Himself doesn't matter who we uh, hurt down here. At the end, it's a sin against God. Do you know why? Because God expects so much of us. He has such high hopes for us. When we do the wrong thing, it hurts his little heart. He's not a little heart. He's got a big heart. But you know what I'm trying to say? Okay. <laughs> you know, it saddens him. It's like, you know, you've got, you know, if you've got a kid or something, and and, and they're doing so well, and then one day, suddenly, they just turn around and do something that's just, oh, wow. And you think, really? You were doing so well. And the worst part is when they don't acknowledge they've done something wrong. It's okay, you know, no matter what good record you've had, if you do something wrong and go, oh, I'm so sorry, it's like, forgiven. Isn't it interesting how if a kid asks for forgiveness, generally, if it's our kid. Okay. <laughs> if it's some other kid, well, no. <laughs> okay. I'm just being honest, man. You know, it's a thing, you know. If your kid asks you to forgive, you go, absolutely. And let's see what we can do to fix it. It's exactly what your Heavenly Father does. As soon as you confess your sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of your sin, cleanse you from all unrighteousness, and go fix the problem that you now created. Even if He takes half of heaven and 600 angels to do it, He will get there. Okay? We, but we can only do that while you confess it, while you acknowledge it and open the door for God to get in there and help. Now, with regard to uh, the sins we commit, you know, are actually ultimately against God, I want to take you to Genesis 39 and verse 9, where Joseph is speaking here. And remember again, this is when Potiphar's wife made some <coughs> inappropriate advances toward him. Yeah, now, okay, it's a G-rated, so I can't go there. Okay, so, (laughs) y'all can guess what I said, right? Okay. (laughs) Oh, dear Lord. Okay, anybody that thinks the Bible shelters people from stuff, they don't know what all they're saying. Anyway, okay, but I want you to notice he says something tremendous. Genesis 39, 9, the second part, he says, How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Isn't that interesting? Notice from this verse that Joseph knew that the sin that he was being led to commit was not something small but a great wickedness. That's the first thing. Okay? He didn't sort of look at it and go, yeah, 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 we can forget about this. You know, I can get in with Potiphar's wife and then I can... You, that would have been a real shortcut to the top. Uh, can I get an amen on this? You all know what I'm talking about. You all not that sheltered, are you? Okay. Okay. Yeah, people do stuff. Okay. All right. Then this would have been like, hey, I get in with the lady. I'm in. You know. We can get rid of Potiphar, and you know, it's, the rest is all done. Anyway, but he does. He wasn't going to go there. He was wrongly convicted. He was wrongly imprisoned. There was a way out. It was a quick way. It was a wrong way. He didn't take it. He could have said, you know, I shouldn't be here anyway. Maybe this is God. We have to stop doing stuff like that. If it's not right, it ain't right. Don't go there. Which means, it's a shortcut. Something else is coming. Remember at the end, Joseph was just under Pharaoh. Remember that? He got, he got the final say to basically everything. Only Pharaoh could counter, countermand whatever he said. That's a good place to be. He wouldn't have been in that position if he took part of his position. The devil will always compromise, try to get you to compromise to take something less, thinking, making you think it's the best you'll ever get. And you'll never know that God had something exceptional for you, waiting for you, had you done the right thing. Amen? So now you know this, you'll never fall into that trap. Amen? Aren't you glad you came to church today? Okay, all right. <laughs> we should call this how to get to the top and stay there. You know, okay. All right. <laughs> second, <laughs> just say <saying>, Second, <laughs> the next thing he understood was that no matter who else he sinned against, he would be ultimately sinning against God himself. He knew that even if he hid it from everyone else, he'd know he'd sinned. God would know he'd sinned. Do you know that's something else that you carry around with you? The guilt of stuff that even though nobody else knew, you still know. And it becomes whiplashes on your back when they say, oh, he's such an amazing person. He's so good. And you think, yeah, but you don't know what I did. And I can't tell you because I'm so ashamed. Whatever. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Anyway. Okay, moving on. Let's finish. We need to finish. To give us some further insight into this, Simon J. Kistemacher says, "If we say that we have no sin, we are misleading ourselves, and moreover, the truth of God's word is not in us. Our own words condemn us." Amen. Therefore, we must look—not look for ways. We must not look for ways to excuse a sinful life that is clearly out of God's will. In fact, Colin G. Cruz, in his commentary, says that what men are required to do with respect to the truth is, listen, to receive and enter into it in faith and to submit to it and to live by it. Did you get that? So You know, this is a faith walk, family. You need to enter into it by faith. You need to submit to it and you need to then live by it. Sometimes it's very difficult. But work at it. Remember again, God is not looking for a perfect person. So if you slip up, it's okay. First one, we're going to get to it. Okay, so while you're pushing to live a, the best life possible, if you mess up, don't beat yourself up. 1 John 1 9 and keep going. Amen. And you'll find that if you do that, there won't be this condemnation that says, Oh, yeah, you know, you know you're gonna mess up again. It's just a matter of when. Whoever gets that. If if that ever comes up, you know what you say? The next time, it'll be longer from the previous time. That's what you say. I'm not saying I won't, but it's going to take longer to get me there next time. I'm getting wiser, smarter, stronger, more resilient. Amen? Okay. In fact, when we look at Proverbs 28, and this is going to lead us to 1 John 9, so we have to quit here. It says there, He who conceals his sin does not prosper. But whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Did you get that? If you conceal your sin, you will not prosper. Do you know we want to be blessed? We want to walk in God's prosperity, which includes everything. When, you, when I say prosperity, please don't just think of money. Think about health. Think about joy. Amen? Amen. Think about all your relationships. You want to be prosperous in all areas of life. And if you hold on to things, it stops you from enjoying that life. Jesus said, I've come to give them life and life to the full. Full life. Amen? And we want to live that and we want to enjoy that to the max. And, but he says, but whoever confesses and renounces, notice the two things. You confess, then you renounce. He says, finds mercy which then leads us to first john 1 9 if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness we'll pick that up next week and then we'll have a look at that and you will be tremendously blessed by it let's have every head bowed every eye closed father we thank you today for your word